hardship. I'm Jiminy Eaglin, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, it's going to be kind of different. I wanted to share with you all of the different businesses and all of the different work that I'm doing. And yes, it's still connected to survivors of assault and the different aspects of what that looks like and how the different businesses that I'm a part of is supporting and helping, healing and creating many things for individuals. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices ever being So, a quick content warning to let you know that we may be discussing some pretty hard things or pretty intense emotions may arise for you. If this is affecting you, take a break, take some breaths, take a walk, skip an episode. Whatever you need to do is the right thing for you. And whenever you're ready to come back, I'll be here. Hey y'all, a resource that I'm probably going to tell you about every episode is our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that connects you with a personal online therapist. They have hundreds of licensed therapists, even some of my friends work for them, and you can be connected within 24 hours. Now, these therapists are licensed and trained and they can support you in anything, basically, the things that are going on in your everyday life, PTSD, anxiety, childhood trauma, and so much more. And always, I would recommend seeing someone in person first, if that's an option. But online therapy is so amazing. Because especially if you are somewhere where you're not able to find a therapist that maybe you can connect with, someone that looks like you, has similar identities as you, and that aren't too expensive. With BetterHelp, you can filter to find exactly what kind of therapist you'd like, and it doesn't feel right with that per- and if it doesn't feel right with that person, feel free to switch. That's the coolest part. You can be like, "Hey, didn't really match well." They will switch you out with someone else within 24 hours. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do in-app messaging, and it's available for desktop or mobile. Go to betterhelp.com queen to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash queen. Let's get back to these wild stories. Hello and welcome to another one of my businesses and today we're going to be talking about healing intersections which is really really special to me because we get to do so many really really cool things. Some of the things that we offer are web courses, support groups, consulting, training for different businesses as well and to share with you who we predominantly work with. We work with sex workers, we work with sexual assault survivors, and we provide support for LGBTQ plus communities. Now, why do we do this? One, because we love it. One, because no one else is doing it the way that we're doing it. And one, yeah, I'm going to keep saying one. And one, because we wanted to create affordable spaces. So enough about this intro. Let's get started. I can't wait for you to meet my business partner and to tell you a little bit more about the business. Now, I know a lot of people get very nervous about healing and are very connected to their trauma. 
come on in and listen to why we love doing support groups and how we find them to be really helpful and just a little bit about who we are. So stay tuned. Get ready. Here we go. Hey, y'all. I am super excited to share one of my other businesses with you and to introduce you into into <laughs> introduce you to one of the magical humans that is a part of my life. And we've met um, going to different conferences and all of that jazz. And it's been really, really dope. And yeah, so anyway, let's just get into it because it's gonna be a really dope conversation. Um, can you tell us your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about you, a little bio? For sure. Thanks for having me again, Jim. Um, I am Angie Gunn, and I am I use pronouns she and her. I am a certified sex therapist and licensed clinical social worker. Um, I'm a sex worker. I am a trauma survivor. I am a kinky polyamorous slut, and I really value helping folks find their fullest expression as sexual beings and um, find their pathways through healing. And I'm glad to be working Yay. with you. Yay, we love Yay. it, we love it. So what I'm doing in these, these it's just two episodes. Uh, maybe I'll do another one explaining my other two businesses. But right now, what I wanted to do is introduce y'all, my lovely fan supporters, homies. We gotta find a name for y'all, but I wanted you to meet these businesses because they support trauma survivors. So today we're going to be talking about healing intersections, and we wanted to introduce you to one. I wanted y'all to meet Angie because she's kind of just a badass and her brain, like literally Angie's a fucking walk-in library, but also because I think a lot of people don't know about us, and I think we have a lot of great things that we do that y'all might really, really, really love. Um, so can you kind of tell me um, about why you wanted to work with me per se, right? Like what, what why did you approach me? Because you approached me yeah. at like, we were doing conferences and you were like, hey, are you still at the hotel? Do you want to talk? Can we talk? And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> what, what is it? <laughs> yeah, so um, we were at uh, Poly Dallas Millennium, I think actually, and uh, that makes sense, yes. Yeah, um, and I was thinking about like the gaps in the field and primarily in that conference space, it really reminds me of the ways in which a lot of the sex therapy field, a lot of the um, sexual trauma work is predominantly white cis hetero voices. Um, and a lot of those voices cause a lot of harm in the ways in which they approach healing because they, don't, they can't take perspective of different survivors um, and they can't um, understand that the pathway is so different when you have identities that are marginalized and when you have um, oppression from the systems themselves. And so um, I was like, how do I fix this problem? Um, currently where my practice was, there wasn't any, um, any folks that I knew of that I could reach out to to collaborate with locally. And I was like, I just need to find somebody who does this shit and does it well. <laughs> And you popped into my head and I was like, I need, I, I, I need to collaborate with this amazing magical human and find a way for us to do something together so that we can be bringing more opportunities for survivors to get the support that they need. Um, while also bridging some of the gap that comes from clinical care that is um, based on a system of oppression, which keeps people from access. Like if you don't have the right insurance, if you don't have the right amount of income, if you don't live in the right state, you can't often get access. Um, and so we wanted to make a, make a service that was available to anybody, mm -hmm. anywhere, um, that was affordable and that was completely um, grounded in intersectional voices, grounded in um, accessibility and grounded in sex positivity. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I love like when we were trying to figure out what to do, like there was a lot of brainstorming. We tried to do classes in Portland and nobody came. Uh, And like we tried to create content. And then how did we come up with the idea of, wait, no, let me backtrack. So let's just talk about the population that we work with. Um, Like how did we start? So our population, if you're not familiar with us, is we support sex workers and sexual assault survivors um, and kind of like a, a, a trauma web in which we'll talk about when we talk about groups. But like there is sexual assault, but there's other traumas involved as well. Like why was this the population that you wanted to work with initially when starting this? Yeah. I think when we think about the people that are often the most left out of systems, it's those who have been harmed by the systems. And um, both sexual assault survivors as well as sex workers tend to be on the margins because they um, have experiences that require a unique skill set. And most therapists and social workers and, um, you know, if you go to a a rape crisis center, if you go to a a hospital, um, you're going to get put through the machine of care. um, And it's a population that often has a hard time getting care and has been so disenfranchised by it that they stop trying. And so um, I thought, you know, given your background and my background, that it would be really cool to have an offering that was, hey, we're going to have a, we're going to have just like, have, we're going to have a support group. <laughs> we're going to have a conversation that everybody can come to, regardless of your identity, um, <clears throat> regardless of where you are on your healing journey. And we're going to sit and talk about the ways in which you haven't been able to be a whole person and we want to help you find a pathway to that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there are populations we both already worked with and both had already seen a lot of need in those spaces. Um, and um, me being a therapist who also does sex work, I'm very viscerally aware of how challenging it is for those in that industry to seek care because of the ways in which they're fearful of getting treated. So um, I think lots of reasons, but really just there was a need and we both had the ability and capacity to do the work. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so you gave us like a bit of like a bio of like who overall Angie is, but what brought Angie to this work? Because I think most of us that work in mental health um, and like work with like specific types of populations, we do it because of who we are and like things we've been through. But like what brought you to this work? Like where do you find your passion also? So it's a two-part question. Sure. Um one of your favorite parts of my story is that I was in a cult when I was growing up. <laughs> so it, it is, it is. I love, I have such an obsession, it, but it's not like, a, well, it might be creepy, but it's like the mindset of it all. I'm always yeah. like, how did we get here? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Cult, go. Cult. Um, yeah, I actually had a cult dream last night too. So I was like, it just must be, it must be cult timing to talk about it. Um, <laughs> the dream was better though, because at least I was like getting a cat from the cult for some reason. Um, <laughs> oh, a gift. Okay. Yeah, like, great. Love a um, gift. Yeah. So I mean, I, I grew up in a space where um, both like trauma in my family as well as um, religious subjugation meant that my sexuality and my relationship to my body was completely controlled by someone else. So I've been in some ways a sexual assault survivor from childhood um, because I've never really had, I never had access to my full expression, to my sexual development, to typical exploration, um, and to owning my own sexuality on my own terms. And so I really, ha- I've always been driven to do exploratory, expansive sexuality work because um, it's a place that I've always been fighting for access to. Um, and I think sex work is just, is just a diversion from that, which is that it's even more liberating to get fucked in all the ways that I want, but even more so if I'm getting paid, 
So there's there's a space where um, both sexual assault work as well as um, uh, sexual uh, sex work itself gives me the space of empowerment and empowerment liberation and access to all the parts of me that I never got to have access to I love that I love that do you think like doing this work like yes we do this work because of those things but do you also find like a connection and a healing like doing the work oh certainly I mean I think it, you and I talk about this often that um We'll sit in a group with our um, our clients, and we'll get to the end of the group, and it's we're all bawling and like holding this space together where we've felt, um, you know, connected no matter how many miles are separating us. I mean, we've done we've we've been way ahead of the COVID curve. We've been entirely digital, <laughs> um, the last yeah. you know year and a half or almost two years of this work. Yeah, y'all are messing up our Zoom. Okay, <laughs> we've been zooming for quite some time, and you're ruining it. <laughs> Um, you know, we found that you can be just as connected and find belonging and community and a reflection of people that get your experience. And we hear it all the time from survivors that they've never been in a group like ours. They've never been in a space that they got to talk about sex and pleasure and toys and expression and identity, but also deal with trauma and also deal with um, learning skills for managing emotions and building healthy relationships. And um, you know, finding liberation in sex work if that's the right fit for them. Um, you know, they've never been in a group that honored all of those parts. And I think that's really like the, the, the gem, <laughs> gems with gem, the gems, that gem that we're creating, which is this, uh, I don't think, I think you and I have this, have this capacity to help normalize and just ground people in their experiences in a way that I don't always see with other folks in this field. Um, and we just get it. Like we, we know we have viscerally been in almost all of those spaces and um, can hold that space in that container really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think when we come into the groups, it's always so interesting. We'll talk more about what all we offer, but when we do the groups and we're just like, hey, so um, we curse a lot. It's just, you know, it's our, it's in our, it's in our language. It's our vocabulary. Like, we're going to allow you to show up. If you want to talk about fucking, we could talk about fucking all day. And people are like, wait, what? Like, you're not going to shame me or judge me? Like, absolutely not. We might give you some tips, um, some discount codes, <laughs> some referrals. Like, it really is such an interesting space that we get to create and be our true full selves. And I think, yeah. no, I know because we've been told that because we get to show up and be our authentic selves in this space, that it, it allows for folks to come in and also be themselves. It's kind of like we're all taking our masks off. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Um, and it's been really interesting. I think I've seen, um, especially in the sex work communities, there's so much like infighting amongst different like parts of the work. And we've, mm -hmm. literally, we've literally never had a conflict in group, like in almost two years of doing group. We've never had a conflict with group members because everyone comes to the space and they know that like, regardless of what type of work you're in, regardless of the type of um, your background, your experiences, your socioeconomic status, um, your race, like we're all in it together. And this is a space where um, we are all fighting systems that are trying to harm us and keep us from working, keep us from being in our fullest expression. Um, and there's been such a tremendous amount of like relationship building and mutual support that grows from the groups where folks are helping each other with things outside of group and are being involved in each other's lives in a way that um, we're building community more than we're just building groups. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we, you know, you have to get through whatever traumas through, you know, with yourself, for yourself. But also, I think one of our goals was to normalize, like, yeah, you have to figure out what works for you. 
but you also don't have to do it alone because most survivors feel like they're alone. Most sex workers feel like they're alone until they're able to find a safe community. And I think one of the really cool things about like doing things online and like virtual is you can literally have folks from across the world. Like we have had folks from like Canada, um, Costa Rica, the UK, like I'm in awe. It's been really amazing. And to see like different perspectives and different reflections, especially during this year, during elections and during a lot of the chaos in America, you know, the, the folks from other countries were like, we, we, we see you, we hold you, we're here. And it was a really beautiful like moment of like, we are, we are not alone and isolated in both our experiences um, as humans, as well as as survivors, as well as as sex workers. Um, and there's so much, um, and I continue to, to, to have, have the sensation, you know, during the pandemic and during everything happening this year that, um, that the more we remember the collective experience that we're having, the more we have those moments of like, oh, we are all in this together. Like we're all, um, we are all in this moment of understanding, of pain, of sorrow, of distress, and and you feel so much less alone when there's this belonging and this interconnectedness yeah. between like we're in it and we're all fighting this battle together. Absolutely, and you know what we've been talking about in all the groups is like whatever you're feeling is normal like while when this comes out i'm sure because it'll be in like next week we will still be in a fucking pandemic so we are all actively in a traumatic situation together no matter where you are you might have different experiences within the traumatic situation but we're all kind of fucked right now right yeah and 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 then for those other survivors like or sex workers, you're even more fucked because you have these identities that are being harmed by the world as well. And so, like, having a safe place to anchor is really big. Um, and having folks that reflect back, like, you don't have to just figure it out or get better or stop having reactivity when you want to have sex or um, get a different job. Like, like those aren't the solutions. Um, instead, it's like you get to be. You get to be fully you in all the parts of you. Um, and... Yeah, I think we're just, we, we have such joy every time we talk to folks and being in, in those experiences. And um, we do have some courses that we've developed as well to give you some resources when you can't see us directly. And we're working on some workbooks and other content. Um, but we just, we just ultimately want everyone to hear um, the, the story that they get to have um, healing that is anchored in their identities, healing that is based on all of the parts of them having access to support that considers what it's like to be living in their body, living in their identities that are unique to them. Absolutely. Since you brought it up, let's talk about all the things that we offer. Um, Because we do work with sex workers, we do work with sexual assault survivors, and that can go into different categories. They can be together. There's a lot of overlap. Um, And I think with the things that we're trying and doing, excuse me, the things that we're doing, because language matters, come on universe, the things that we are doing um, are very different um, let's talk, let's talk about it. So I'll, I'll, I'll say a thing that we do and then we can talk about it. Um, so we offer, um, consulting, like what, what do you, what, what kind of consulting are we offering? Yeah. Um, so I think the way that I, best, I like to talk about it is that if you are a business, a nonprofit, an organization, and you're struggling with, um, Understanding the complex identities of the people that are in your organization or that you're trying to work with, um, we're a really good resource for you in terms of managing gender diversity, managing racial diversity, managing the ways in which um, folks who are trauma survivors, um, folks who are navigating oppression in general, um, might be experiencing their interaction with you. And ultimately, 
we are all trying to do better, and we see that across the board in um, a lot of the different things happening politically right now, but um, we don't always know how. <laughs> and so we provide an opportunity to get really concrete um, feedback, skills development, um, support, um, as well as um, you know, hands-on training in, in terms of how to work with certain identities and populations that is informed by those identities and populations. I was muted. Um, absolutely. Um, and I think that there's so many different ways that that can be, can be done. We also do like, if you need one-on-one -on -one consulting and you're like, Hey, I just have like this deep thing and I would like to, or not even super deep, right? Because it would take more than one, one hour session. But if you wanted to kind of work through something or process something, you can book a time with Angie or myself. Um, another thing that we do um, is web courses, which is actually kind of where we started. We started making web courses first. Yeah, and I think we really saw a gap in the content that was available for survivors. Like, I still don't like most of the books. <laughs> <I'll> think, <laughs> no offense to the folks who write the books, um, because very few of the books really talk about <laughs> the, like, the, the kind of like current issues when it comes to sex and gender that, that people are facing. Like, um, you know, they, they don't talk about the ways in which um, you as a survivor are navigating um, maybe currently asexual and managing being demi and managing um, being um, non-allosexual and managing maybe um, an issue with um, a kink dynamic. And you know, there's just so much complexity of sex and gender that like you're needing people that yeah. can hold all those spaces. Um, and survivors are really in the muck when it comes to that as well as sex workers are in the muck. And so we want to give, we wanted to give more resources um, in a really concrete way in courses. And so yeah, courses are really great. You can go in and um, watch it, download it, read it, um, and get access today. Yeah, totally. And we do also create content um, for those that have survivors in their lives. We don't have one for if you have a sex worker in your life. Ooh. Yeah, we should work on that. We should, we <laughs> should do that. Because here's the thing. You do have a sex worker in your life. You might just not know it. <laughs> yes. It's just like you have a survivor in your life. You just might not know it. For sure. And really the normalizing is a lot of what we do is like everybody is out there trying to get fucked and trying to make money. <laughs> and, Honestly. And sometimes, sometimes those two intersect. <laughs> they do, right? Like sex work is one of the oldest jobs ever. I was literally just talking about this the other day is how sex workers receive so much shame and so much harm, but they are the original sex educators. They are the right. original sex therapists because they were helping people and walking them through activities and listening to people right. but people shame them for that and my, my i have so many problems I have so, ooh, i'm getting <laughs> mad because porn is a booming industry right it's boom 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 we have friends that have been doing porn for many of years that are amazing and it, they've been doing it for a long time but why is it that it is so looked down upon, which it's just wild. I know there's religion and yeah. passed down judgment and blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. And it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually talking about sex work at a church tomorrow, Jim. <laughs> Ooh, what the? Ooh, I'm so intrigued. 
I yeah, love this, it. This church invited me to talk about, they're having a crazy sexy Advent themed um, service every week. And they're having me come tomorrow and talk about sex work. And it, it's really interesting kind of coming full circle from my cult experience to now going back to a Christian space and talking about um, the liberation in sex work. And one of the stories I was thinking about as I was um, preparing for it is um, the story of Rahab, one of the prostitutes in the Bible. And uh, never once do they mention that her work is bad or wrong. Um, they, they rely on her and she actually helps save um, the Israelites. Like she helps rescue them and, and provides a vital resource. So this interesting um, like assumption in a lot of our cultural history that um, humans just had them around. Like they were integrated as a part of, of our cultural framework. And what would it be like to create even more space for sex workers to have access to labor rights, to health care, to um, protection from, um, from harm, to community building, to um, having you know, sustainable bank accounts and marketing, out, marketing resources and places yeah. to get clients and all the things that would, would improve their capacity to do the work well, and regardless of the fact that it's going to continue to happen. Um, and so I think there's just an interesting, uh, beautiful cor- correlation there, and I'm excited to talk about it tomorrow. That sounds so exciting. Yes. Can we decriminalize sex work? Can we decriminalize? Like we were working on drugs. Listen, yeah. if sex work was just, just fucking full, fully legal, legalize it, right? Like we would all win just like, okay, I'm getting far. But if everyone had a nice shroom trip, if everyone had a little shroom journey, it would probably be different, but a whole nother conversation. Um, but I, one, I'm super excited that you get to do that. And I love that. The spaces that we do get to create, the people that we do get to meet, get to be connected with other parts of themselves that maybe they've been so scared to talk to, so scared to acknowledge and feel safe. So that kind of leads us to, I think my favorite, I think this is my favorite part of the business, actually, the support groups. Yeah. Like the other stuff is cool. Um, Oh, wait, let's wait, wait, wait before we talk about my favorite part, um, <laughs> we actually, we, you created this amazing sexual harass- harassment training. So also, yes, we talked about like the consulting, but like the sexual harassment piece and also someone reached out to us recently. And this is something you've been really passionate about is the trafficking. Yeah, certainly. So I think um, sort of two things. One is we, we want to offer more trainings for organizations and find ways to like bring sex positivity and um, anti-oppression into businesses. And so one of the strategies we thought came up with that is changing the nature of sexual harassment training so that the harass- anti-harassment training is um, geared towards honoring survivors' experiences first and not about managing liability, um, which is often the thing that we continue to hear. Uh, is you know companies will get in and bring a lawyer, they'll bring a HR person in, and they'll talk about all the reasons why you shouldn't say this thing or shouldn't do this thing because it would be bad for liability. Um, and we don't give a fuck about your liability. <laughs> we care about <laughs> the well-being of the humans that you engage with, both professionally as well as clients. Um, and so we 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 changed an entire curriculum to target um, the well-being of humans and anti-oppression frameworks. Um, and I think related to that is this conversation around um, how do we get better at um, not staying in default mode. And I think a lot of the work, both in harassment work as well as in trauma work, as well as in sex work, is um, we've gotten, we've bought into this, the mainstream ideas around what's happening in the world and we don't challenge it. We don't push back. We don't have um, critical consciousness when it comes to understanding what's happening. And I think um, you can check our, blog, our website for a, a blog post that goes into more detail of this, but um, sex trafficking is actually a lot less of a problem than sexual assault. And so when we talk about the um, the ways in which um, the mainstream media is 
all about the sex trafficking uh, problem um, and millions of dollars in funding and organizations and primarily Christian-based organizations um, that don't take into consideration the sexual assaults happening in their own homes, in their own churches, in their own communities. And so we really want to like help shift the focus um, to sexual assault survivors and honoring the ways in which we need to be paying just as much attention to that experience as well as um, making sure the information that we're sharing and, and perpetuating when it comes to trafficking is accurate and based in reality. Mm, yeah, I feel like it's like, you know how trigger has kind of been like a buzzword and people have just been throwing that shit around like a fucking baseball in a baseball right. game. <laughs> um, I feel like this conversation about human trafficking and sex trafficking, one, people are like, oh my God, is this new? Like, no, literally human trafficking is how black people got here. Hello. Um, but, but like sex trafficking, like it's not new. Like people are still being present day trafficked, present day enslaved right. in this damn country. Right. And, and also there's just as much harm happening to sexual assault survivors like in your neighborhood. So there's kind of this like, we, we really like the kind of like uh, f fantastical nature of the trafficking narrative. Like some someone from another country coming in and stealing your children and taking them away and forcing them into child sex slaves. Um, and the, the, the frequency of that actually happening is way less than your neighbor sexually assaulting you or your father or your uncle, you know? So I think there's this um, like, finding our way to balance the conversation and honor that it is sex trafficking is happening and also that we want to help support survivors more effectively. Honestly. Yeah, honestly. I it It is happening behind us, in front of us, to the side of us. And so, yes, normalizing the conversation because when we do normalize these hard conversations, we get to find out more information. We get to support people in the ways that they need to be supported versus the way that people think they need to be supported. Right, exactly. Yeah, so then that's how we got to these support groups. Ah! Yes. <laughs> um, I know, I again, I sometimes I'm just so exhausted because Angie and I do multiple things. Y'all know me. I have too many damn things, but I love doing them all. That's the problem. Um, and sometimes we go to, and I'm honestly, like sometimes I'll go to group and be like, I'm so exhausted. I don't want to do this. And as soon as we start, it's kind of just like this burst of energy that comes over me that I'm like, oh, I needed to be here today. This is so much fun. I love it. <laughs> totally. And I think like, like there's something that, um, but we are really nourished by it. And I think because of that, like over the pandemic, we ran groups continuously. We didn't take any breaks for months and months because we just felt oh like my gosh. our clients didn't. That was real. They, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have other support resources. So like we, we've continuously strove to like, often we don't get paid. <laughs> um, and often we're, we're just showing up because we value that space. We value the people. Um, and so, I mean, if you are somebody who's listening and would like to contribute to help support and fund support groups, we are definitely, we have a fundraiser that we are currently doing to help fund all of our groups for next year. Cause ideally we want to make all the groups free. Um, we would love for survivors and sex workers to be able to have a safe space to come without having to worry if they could afford it that week. Um, and that's, that's, that's our goal too. 
yeah, definitely. And we'll talk more about that um, towards the end when we when we direct you. We're going to give you some homework when this conversation <laughs> is over. But let's let's talk about the groups that we have. So I am cheating and looking at our website because why not? Um, and so the first group that we do, and it kind of works out because the first group that we do have is our sex worker support group. And it is the first group of the week. Honestly, it is... Um, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What time is that? So f- f- 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Um, it is all over Zoom. It is a seven-week group. It the It is for women, femmes, and non-binary sex workers who are 18 and over. Um, we, we are not the gatekeepers of what, a, what womanhood is or femme identity. So if you are or have been a sex worker and identify as part of these identities, genders, presentations come on through. Um, and, you know, the groups vary. Like we have been trying to like navigate, like we've learned that some groups need more structure and some groups people just want to come in. Um, I started doing the sex worker group with you and then we brought in someone else to co-do the group with you and you're kind of doing this group right now by yourself. Um, can you tell me more about the sex worker group? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think as we were starting it, we, we began having a um, curriculum development process where we we're trying to understand like what are the needs of this group. Um, and we have, um, over time, kind of come up with some key points that we're always going to hit on, points around identity, points around community building, points around um, the intersection between mental health and the work, um, intersections between um, the ways in which family and stigma and shame are impacting the work. Um, so we definitely have some themes that we often talk about. Um, for a while, um, Raquel Savage was lead, co-leading with us, and it was really beautiful to have her expertise and her feedback. Um, and she's helped us with funding this last round of groups. Um, but we're really continuously honored to have folks just show up. And I think that um, that group is is probably the most well-attended of our groups consistently because um, we just get we get this really amazing community building process that's happened where everyone gets to know each other and is really invested in their well-being. You know, they come in the next week and they're like, "Tell me about your website," or "Tell me about this thing that happened," or "I want to hear about this client," or "I want to know." what's happening in um, this thing with your family. So everyone's really um, committed and invested in the work together. And it's been a really beautiful space to see that grow. Absolutely. And we, we, we talked about this kind of earlier is community is so important. Right. And if you are a rural sex worker and you live in a rural area, you might not have any type of community. You might be the only person you know. So like being able to tap in and talk about like money streams because there's multiple money streams and like safety and like this happened, like what would you think? And having like business talks where no one is judging you and they're like, oh yeah, I had this happen. Let me tell you so you don't have to struggle. Right. It's it It's such a beautiful thing to just see one that they feel safe enough to just come in and exhale and be like, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening with my kids and work and family and my sanity. Like it isn't just a place just to talk about sex work, right? Like, yes, these are people that, that do sex work. And I think that's, that's something that folks also that maybe if you're not in in this industry need to hear is sex work is a job, right? That is not, all of who these individuals are. It is a job, just like maybe you go to an office, maybe right. you are a teacher, like whatever. It's a job. It's a, a job that they chose that yeah. they find that they are really good at. And I'm like, hey, do you? Yeah, totally. Mm. Um, yeah, so 
I, I love that group. I love that we get to do it. Um, each of these groups are 90 minutes. And we'll, again, I'll go over this again at the, the end, um, the pricing and everything. I just wanted to throw that out. So our first actual group that I believe you and I started was the sex, the sex positive survivor support group, which made sense for us. We were like, this is, this is it. This is what we do. Um, and this group is for women, femmes, and non-binary survivors of sexual assault, again, who are 18 and older, and we are not the gatekeepers of this, this group as well. Um, at this time, we, we do predominantly focus on women, femmes, and non-binary. Um, and, you know, if, if there is want and need to create different types of groups, if there's enough, we'll, we'll figure it out, but we haven't found like the consistency of it. So I know we get that question often. So I just wanted to kind of get that out the door. Totally. Um, let's talk about this survivor group. Yeah. My survivors are so great. I think it's, it's really interesting to see kind of who sticks with it and has been coming for, for years versus who kind of comes in and out. And, um, Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think the survivor group is more challenging because they folks know coming to the group that there's a potential to talk about sexual assault. And I think um, it's a lot of like helping people develop the skills to self-manage, the skills to um, constantly regulate their emotions and their needs so they can speak into the space what they need to be able to hold it safely. Um, Because everyone coming into the group um, has the responsibility to care for themselves and and let us know how we can care for them as well. And so there's this kind of constant sort of self-management as well as like group regulation that we're doing um and most days it goes really well sometimes there's some challenges because i think there's just it, it, it is a, it is a space that can be activating for folks um absolutely we have a lot of great um psychoeducation that happens there we'll talk about trauma we'll talk about patterns we'll talk about why the fuck is my body doing this thing and <laughs> why am i shutting down is why why is this part of sex hard and why is my brain thinking like this and so we do a lot of um, education-based um content as well as just being in the conversation, you know, maybe no one's ever heard your, your story of your assault. Maybe no one's ever given you the experience of being reflected back that it's not your fault and you are fucking badass and strong and powerful and your power was never taken from you. Um, that, was a, that, that was a lie that was given to you by major media and by this person, but you are still whole. And um, so we do a lot of work around empowerment and growth and self-development. Absolutely. Absolutely. And each group is different. Again, you know, we, we do make sure to check in with folks. And, and after we talk about this, we'll kind of give you like the structure of the groups, but every group is different. Every, every round is different. There is no one group that is alike. There is no conversation that is the same as last week. And I think that's really beautiful. And like allowing people to come in and be like, okay, I can't tell this to anyone else. And we, we have had multiple people come in and say, I've never said that I was raped out loud. I've never used the word rape until right now. And to be able to be in those moments where you see the group come together and they're like, thank you for trusting us. Like, let me, I, if, what do you need? Do you want to hear like about us? And do you want to hear how I navigated it? Which is really dope in the sense of, for me, I think there's so much healing in seeing other people's journeys and like right. hearing other people's stories. Totally. And you and I both being survivors means like we we have our own unique experiences of, of how we move through it. And also that we are still doing the work every day. I mean, that's what Absolutely. folks tell us often is like, no, I fucking struggled with that last week. Like I cry during sex all the time still. Like, oh, cool. I'm not alone in that. Like that like that's that reflection that like we are humans with them in this experience. 
Yeah. And again, that that's that's kind of the thing that we get to continue normalizing right. is we are showing up fully and whole and we're also vulnerable. Yes, we do have boundaries for sure because you have to have boundaries anytime you're doing this. But right. the fact that we get to show up and be real people right. um, and we and we've heard this in groups that like we come back because you let us be who we are. Like it's not like totally. we're not shamed if we're talking about kink. We, we have had whole days where we're just like, oh, you want to talk about fucking great. You want to talk about toys? Hold on, because I happen to own almost every fucking toy at this point. And I'm like, okay, let's go through toy lane. Like, we really get to have meaningful, connective conversations from across the fucking world. Totally. Oh. Yeah, and also give them space to, like, no matter where they are coming in the conversation, like, whether you never want to have sex again or, like, you want to figure it out tomorrow, like, all the parts get to be okay. So I think sometimes sex positivity can lean too far towards the, like, everyone should be fucking and be like a liberated slut, which is like just not real. And especially for survivors, like sometimes just touching themselves is terrifying. And so like we start, we meet you where you are without any assumptions or expectations that you're supposed to be somewhere else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we've literally seen like that journey, like in seven weeks, I don't think I ever want to date. Okay. I think I want to date. I need help. Okay. I'm dating. Can we talk about sex now? Like it's so beautiful and it it really is a privilege to be able to support these individuals and show up and like use our knowledge because like I said Angie is literally a walking library like the things in that brain I'm like hey do you know about this (laughs) yes you're like here's some articles I sent you and here's a book and then I can talk to you about it and I'm always like okay cool oh shit I feel like I don't know anything but like both of us have been doing so much education that like we just have so much impacted into our brains and then someone asks a question you're like oh I, I get to dump some <laughs> yeah here's the thing <laughs> yeah it's really really cool it's really lovely to see sometimes I'm in the groups like learning and I'm like oh Angie has a graph show <laughs> read show me this graph I love my fucking visuals it's true <laughs> it's true so listen there's graphs sometimes if you're a graph person um and then our third and last group that we have currently is untangling web web trauma and uh, I'll tell you who the group is for and all that but then I'll kind of tell you how we came up with this because this is our newest group and it's it's been doing extremely well and I'm kind of surprised but I'll I'll, I'll talk to that in a second so our untangling web trauma group is on Fridays it is 1 p.m pacific standard time again you got to calculate your own time zone boo it's not on me Um, (laughs) but Web trauma is the collective trauma we we may have received from partners, friends, family, etc. So this particular group is for LGBTQIPA plus individuals. So if you are in that spectrum, no matter what your gender is, this group is for you. Um, and I'll kind of talk about why I think we made this group. You can you can add to it or tell me like also this. Um, yeah. So when we were talking about like groups and whatnot and like the people most people don't just have one trauma. Like there's different things that impact it. There's different things that can increase the struggle of one thing or another. Um, And we wanted to create a safe space. And again, when we're creating spaces that don't exist other places, the LGBTQ IPA plus community is often overlooked. And when they are created, they aren't necessarily the safest. Right. 
So creating this group, it's it's kind of that reminder of like, one, for some people, just that identity is traumatic. And then if you're sexually assaulted, domestic violence, emotional abuse, financial abuse, there's so many things that can happen. And then what we get to do in this group is kind of see where they intersect and like how to kind of pull some of it apart so you can get to the healing and or find like resources and supplies to to navigate it. Totally. I love that. I think one other way that I would talk about it is that often the, the event that happened, like if, it, if you had like one big traumatic event, like the event itself isn't isn't necessarily the trauma, but it's how everything that happened around it. So it was the context in which it happened. It was how you were treated afterwards. It was how you felt about yourself. It was what it was like to go back to school or life or family life. Um, so it's, it's noticing the web of all of the parts that intersect with trauma, so different types of trauma, as well as different parts of trauma that are impacting you beyond just the thing itself. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's the beauty of it, right? Like being reminded that like sometimes this is happening because other shit that happened. But it also forces folks to kind of self-reflect on a different level. Right. And often like the harm was not yours. Like it's like you having this this bad reaction is because everyone treated you like shit after this thing happened to you. <laughs> like that's not your mm-hmm. fault. That's like that's the systems, it's the structures, it's the communities, it's the context. Um, and so the more like permission we give survivors and of all different types of trauma, um, permission to look at um, moving out of self-blame, moving out of like, I should have managed this differently or I shouldn't have been there. Or, I shouldn't have all the, all the shoulds. But instead there's like the space where like, look at all these fucked up systems that contributed to me to this thing happening and to, and to the way I responded and the way I rea- the way that others reacted to me and cool. Like let's find a pathway through that together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I didn't know how this group was going to go. I think I'm always surprised. I'm like, oh, people showed up. Um, (laughs) But people have really, so we've done this group twice now, and we are going to start our third groups um, the week of the 18th. So in two weeks, you will hear this before. So you will still have time to go and sign up for all three of these groups, if you are aligned and connected to them. But the thing that always surprises me of this group is there's never a dull moment. <laughs> like There's never like, we don't have anything to talk about. People are like, who wants to go? Cause I got shit. <laughs> like, totally. let's go. And they, do, and they do a lot of like bouncing off each other. Like you this thing and then my dad did this thing and then this, then this person and then this like medical system. And then, the, you know, there's just, everything is so interrelated. And I think that they really like draw that out of each other really well. And it's, it's, it's a really beautiful mm-hmm. space. Yeah. And again, like with with support groups, yes, Angie and I are there to help and create a safe space and offer our expertise. But like y'all are there like helping each other out. Like I love having someone else like say a thing that the next week they're like, I took your words of advice and let me tell you how I used it. Like, yeah, it's so beautiful to see the support and then like to see someone being to say like, I trusted your advice. Like that's a whole nother amazing level to like also support someone in the group that maybe people aren't even realizing they're doing. Totally. Yeah. And I think ultimately like, we, we believe in decolonizing like clinical work and, and, and helping work and like the, the professional in the room is not the expert and is not the expert on your experience and doesn't have all the answers. And so like the more we honor other people's voices, other, other people involved in the conversations, like you have so much to learn from each other and from your experiences. And we just, we just create the space to create the context to have the conversations. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I love that we get to do this. Like I said, I think the support groups are my favorite because I like the interaction part of it and like the connection. Um, why do you, like, yeah, we talked about support groups, but why do you think support groups work? Yeah, I mean, I think having done um, various types of like social work and clinical work for um, you know 15 years now, um, I'm consistently impressed by the power of the support group setting because I think um, when it's led well and when it's non-religious, um, non-dogmatic, um, non-biased by any sort of school of thought, and it's just it's just a, a container for um, being seen, being witnessed, being held, being reflected, um, um, being able to interact with all of these folks that are somehow similarly connected, um, suddenly you're not alone. Suddenly you have this um, network of humans <laughs> that is in it with you, even if it's just for that 90 minutes. Um, and it's a lot easier to find your pathway through wherever you're trying to go. Um, and I, I just love the, con the constant um, conversation and connection. And everyone is, again, I've never had an issue with a support group member that was like not compassionate or empathic or interested in the other person's experience. And I think um, when you put those people together, there's nothing but transformative healing that's potential in those spaces. Yeah. And we also know like they're super vulnerable. Like yeah. people come in this room. They don't know these people. Yeah. Like sometimes every now in a blue moon, someone be like, I brought my friend too because they also need help. Right. Like we've had that. But for the most part, like it's you're, yeah. it's all strangers that yeah. at the end of group, people are like, I love you. Can, you want to change <laughs> numbers? Like yeah. I'll fly to you. Do you want to have a phone? Like it's yeah. the cutest and sweetest like thing yeah. ever um so the groups are 90 minutes each um and an hour is great but once you start to get more people in there and sometimes 90 minutes still isn't enough um but once you get in there and like we start having those conversations they get real deep so totally. 90 minutes is kind of like a sweet spot because you don't want yeah. it to be too deep because again these are not therapy sessions right they're just spaces to kind of get support, connect, you know, relieve some of that stress, but it's not a support session. Although Angie is a therapist, correct? Yes. She is not a therapist in this space. Yeah, and there's times where like, I'll refer them out to therapy or I'll say like, this would be a great conversation to have with your therapist. So we definitely just wanna honor there's other, there's, there, are, there are important needs for other kinds of services in your life. And this is just one avenue. And ultimately we do better when we have multiple places that we're getting support and we're, we're um, dispersing the kinds of needs across multiple places. So we're not having to rely on one. And then if that one fails, all of a sudden we're on our ass again. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's true. Cause we've definitely have had folks been like, I hate my therapist. But I get to come here. So I'm, I'm while I try to find something, I'm here. So it, it's a great space to come and land. Each group is $25 for the 90 minutes. If you buy the full seven sessions, you get one free group, which we love. Um, if you refer folks to the groups, there is a discount. Um, we, we try to make it as affordable as possible. Again, you know, we would love to make this free, but we also have overhead costs and it is labor, to be honest. It, it is, you know, labor for Angie and myself. And there's a lot of back end things that y'all don't see. You don't need to just see the glitz and glamour. But um, it, it really is dope to get to do all of this. And OK, so let's talk about like how we would love for this to be affordable you kind of brought it up earlier and i wanted to come back around to it is the donations like we are a for-profit business 
which we would love to make a profit, but that's not the focus. But yeah. how how can folks support us? Like, what does support look like for supporting healing intersections? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, so, I mean, if you want to buy courses, courses are a great place to start. Um, we're going to hopefully have some written content, like workbooks up on the web, up the web page soon. Um, you can just go to the website and donate. The website is healingintersections.com. Um, there's a donate button. Um, you can donate to our fundraiser where we're specifically trying to raise um, $30,000, which would allow for us to pay for all the groups for a year. So that would be four groups running, three to four groups running simultaneously, continuously for the year, um, which is a really huge offering and would be so valuable for the folks who um, who can't afford access. And so if you think about like if you're going to make a donation to an organization this year, um, and you might donate 100 bucks, 200 bucks, um, that donation would pay for one entire group series for a survivor. Um, so just think about the ways in which you might want to give back and give access to those who um, you know, maybe there's somebody in your life who's been a sexual assault survivor or has been a sex worker that's been, that's been negatively impacted by COVID or by other kinds of harm um, and would love to sponsor them for a support group. Um, we'd love to have you join us um, and just stay connected to what we're doing. Absolutely. And all the links will be in the show notes so y'all can click on over. Um, I think this is my goal in having this conversation is kind of just share the world one so people can meet Angie and also hire Angie to do other stuff. Um, but also because I think the work that we get to do one is a privilege, but two, not enough people know about it. So I, you know, the, the more people know about it, the more that people can get support, the more that people can get tools and resources and we can work on healing for whatever it is. So this is just another tool, right? It's just another resource that maybe you saw healing intersections and you were like, I don't know. Or maybe you signed up for the group and you got nervous and you kind of didn't show up, which we do have often and we understand but maybe this helps you kind of understand a little bit more and feel a little bit safer to sign up and then show up for yourself. Totally. And we're really like direct humans. And so if you're having a hard time, you're not sure you want to come, you're not sure if this is the right fit for us, like just reach out to us. Like one of us or um, one of our um, admins will we'll, we'll engage with you and we'll talk about it and figure it out. So like we prefer directness on, on pretty much all levels. So like just tell us like, fuck, this is scary. Or like, I don't want to do this or I don't want to be triggered or, you know, just tell us what's happening and, and we will work it out with you and we'll figure out um, how to best support you and or we'll, we'll refer you to another service that might be more helpful. Yeah, we're, we're definitely down to help folks find resources. Like we have found folks, therapists in their areas. We've helped them just do all types of things. Uh, even like if someone's not in your area and they can do digital work, let me tell you, we, we've done it. Totally. <laughs> um, and so again, this is another resource for folks. And we hope that you learned a lot in this conversation. We also hope that you tell a friend or you finally do something for yourself that you've been putting off, right? Like maybe jump in. It may be scary, but I promise you that each group is so warm and welcoming yeah. that it's probably going to fucking shock you. Because I remember the first time I'm like, people come in there like, I didn't know everybody was going to be nice. I thought there was going to be a bitch in here or something. Everyone's like, nah, nah, we leave, we leave that to the other side. We get to come yeah. here and be safe. Totally. And often for folks, if you, if you found that therapy hasn't been helpful to you, like the try a sport group instead. Like it can be a really like a different kind of experience to have a group of your peers in a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming and talking Thanks, and saying the things. Can you tell folks where to find you? Yeah. If they want to follow you. 
for sure. You can find us at uh, healingintersections.com, Healing Intersections on all of the social medias. My other business is connectedtherapycollective.com and Connected Therapy Collective on all of the social medias. Yay. Okay, y'all, follow all the things. And if that was fast, I'm putting everything in the show notes. Go ahead, take a click, do something nice for yourself. And if that involves joining a support group, we're, we're here. We're here to catch you. Until next time, I'll see you later. Thanks, Jeff.